We're going to wrap up our series on God empowering us today. And what better way to do it, because this is what it's really been all building up to, is God empowering us to give our testimony, to testify, if you will. And you think about your testimony, and I hope you think about it in great detail today. That, and what I mean by that is the opportunity that you may have at some point, maybe in front of a group of people, or maybe just a one-on-one situation to tell somebody why you believe in Jesus Christ, what he's done in your life, what he has done for you, and what he is doing for you. That's the opportunity that every Christian should cherish and to be able to take advantage of it. Well, God does empower you to do that. But let's think about today's day and age, how we see testimonies. And oftentimes we might see a celebrity or an athlete uh, or um, someone famous give their testimony of, of why they believe. A lot of times it might be a polished or dramatic type of uh, pre- presentation, rehearsed. And when we see these, as good as they are, it kind of seems like it raises the expectations for the rest of us. We have to have that polished, dramatic, rehearsed testimony, or else it's not as good. And folks, that couldn't be farther from the truth, and I hope everyone realizes that. Today, we're going to really look at the fact that no matter where you're at in your life, no matter where you were at in your life, your testimony today is just as powerful No matter if you've been through the worst of the worst, or whether maybe your situation hasn't nearly been as hard, the fact is our testimony should still be powerful. Because all of us, regardless of where you were or where you've been, all of us were lost without Jesus. We'll look at that today as we go forward. Maybe as I've said these things, maybe you thought, you know, I'm a little unsure. I'm a little timid when it comes to sharing my testimony? Are you unsure of what it means to you to really give somebody your testimony about your faith? It could be a little nerve-wracking, for sure. Uh, giving, giving your testimony could be something that could really make you nervous. Now, again, maybe it's for you. Maybe it's you don't want to stand up in front of a group of people to give it. Or maybe for you, because there's some of you that, quite honestly, may be better at standing up in front of a group of people than you would be just talking one-on-one. I've known Christians over the years, just as you have, who could get up here and share their testimony in front of a group of 500 people and do great. But if you're going to sit in an office in a one-on-one situation, it might be a little harder, that, that personal aspect of it. This isn't about public speaking. And it's not about counseling. It's about you sharing your faith. And even that, no matter what the circumstances may be, may be nerve-wracking to you. That is not how God intended it to be for you. God doesn't want you sharing your faith to be something that you have to bite your nails over. He doesn't want you sharing your faith to be something that you're going to lose sleep over. God wants you to be able to share openly, God wants you to be able to share joyfully. God wants you to be able to share of yourself. Remember what we talked about with the offering earlier. Those wise men, they came, they shared. 
they had a little bit of a testimony to share for sure. We come all the way from the east. <coughs> we followed the star. And now we're going to give. But when we give with our testimony, it has nothing to do with this. It's something that's worth far more than silver or gold. It's something that's worth far more than any gold, frankincense, or myrrh. When we give our testimony, it is the most priceless gift that you could possibly give to someone because you're sharing Jesus. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, these verses we know very well. The Great Commission, therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. What's that first part there say? Go. Therefore, go. Or maybe a better way to say it would say, (coughs) excuse me, as you are going. Today, as you are going, tell others. Tell others what Jesus has done. Tell others what Jesus is doing in your life. Think about that. What is he doing for you? The fact is, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he has already done so much for you. And all those past transgressions that we hold on to, he's forgotten about them. We've looked at those scriptures recently and often. God forgets about those things. He chooses not to remember, although we still do. Don't look back at those as the glory days. And don't look back at those to say, look where I was. Instead, say, look where I am today. Look what Jesus is doing in my life today. We've been challenged. And throughout Scripture, you can see this. We've been challenged to give our testimony, to share our Jesus. Let's look at that. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. Never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer for, with me for the sake of the good news. Of course, this is the Apostle Paul. Do not be ashamed, he says. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of your faith. Don't be ashamed of your Christianity. It's not just saying I believe. It's a lifestyle, all right? Don't be ashamed of it. And in the challenges of sharing, do not be ashamed. Paul, he challenges us to join with him. To join with him in not being ashamed. And to never give up. Listen, I know it's hard sometimes. But we've got to be ready to join with him even, (coughs) excuse me, even if it causes discomfort. Even if it causes suffering. Think about that because we've talked about that before in great detail as well. That, that, That suffering that Paul had, the suffering that those early Christians had, the discomfort that they had, far different than what we experience today. But yet we still have our own persecutions. We still have our own issues in life. They had more physical. Maybe we have more social. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No matter what discomfort, no matter what type of suffering it may cause, we've got to go forward not being ashamed. So what kind of suffering did Paul have? I'm going to look at uh, 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read it. Chapter 11, verse 21 through 28. Listen to this. I'm ashamed to say that we've been too weak to do that, but whatever they dare to boast about, I'm talking like a fool again. I dare to boast about it too. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? 
I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced dangers from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, now check this out. Besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. That's the kind of suffering that the Apostle Paul did. And if he can do that and still come out and say, you know what, I'm a Christian and I believe and I'm going to keep, keep on keeping on for the Lord, shouldn't we also be able to do that with the, the circumstances that we face today? When we really think about this now, we've asked what kind of suffering did Paul have. How about you? What kind of suffering do you have? The world, they may throw stones at us. We don't have... Nearly as many, especially here in our country, physical sufferings. We do have people's remarks. We might be afraid of what people think. Afraid of what the world thinks. Sometimes we can say maybe Christians have an inferiority complex. Or maybe we have the fear of being exposed for who we really are, which is sinners, which is why we need Jesus. Or maybe you have a superiority complex, a holier-than-thou type thing. Are you struggling with that? It's hard to know if you are, isn't it? Because if you really have that superiority complex, that holier-than-thou attitude, you have to be able to recognize it and accept it. Folks, I don't care if you're the newest Christian or the oldest Christian. If we can't say, you know what, I have to have Jesus or I'm lost, you haven't done good enough. You're not going to. And without him, the suffering that you think that you endure today will be limitless. But the suffering that we will have eternally with him is non-existent. So think about that. As you think about your testimony, as you prepare, as you practice it, think about the sufferings that you really have in your life. As we think about that, well, I'm going to give you some keys. Here's some, some key things that I think all of us need to remember for our testimony. And we'll, again, be in 2 Timothy. Before we get there, though, let's think about not when you give your testimony, it is not a how bad have you been contest. It's not. It doesn't matter. Now, there's a certain qualification to that. Whenever you talk about the bad that you had in your life, not only is it not a contest to see who was the worst, but don't refer to them as the good old days, because they weren't. They weren't. The days where you did not have Jesus were not the days that you should smile about. 
Those aren't the days that you should brag about. Those aren't the days that you should lift up. That's the days that we should probably be ashamed of. When do you share those kind of things? Certain experiences may help certain people. Certain experiences may help certain situations. I don't think that it's necessary when you give your testimony to tell every bad thing that you've ever done in your life. Remember, a lot of it should be what's Jesus doing now in your life. But there may, be, there may be times where certain bad things that you've done in your life and were able to overcome thanks to Jesus, there may be times where that is appropriate to share because you might see someone else going through a similar situation and saying, I can't. And then you are able to say, what? Yes, you can. Because Jesus, and I know for a fact because I've been there, if you give your testimony, don't Put all your focus on the bad. That should be just a snapshot. Think about what the Lord's done. And again, some people have said, my testimony is not as good as someone else's testimony because someone else's testimony, man, they had a lot of bad stuff in their life before. And me, not so much. Them, yeah, they were really, really bad. Their testimony's better. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because why? The Lord has done just as much for you as they did, he did for them. The Lord has done just as much for you as he's done for anybody. The Lord has done just as much for all of us. Now recognize that. Recognize that. Because if you consider yourself to be the least of all sinners, man, you've really got to wake up a little bit and realize that it doesn't matter how leveled you put yourself on of bad or good of a sinner a sinner is a sinner, and you are lost without Jesus. It's a still growing process. It's something we got to remember all the way through. That's something we got to remember about. Whether you are the youngest Christian or the oldest Christian, it is a process for us to continue to grow in our faith. But it's just as powerful nonetheless. My encouragement to you is when you share your testimony, maybe there's things that you have to reveal about your past. Maybe that's part of it. But most importantly, reveal who you are today because you've been forgiven. Where you're at now is more important than where you were. So what's Jesus doing in your life today? Because it's, it's easy for us to think what he did for us before. You're lost. Now you're found. But what's he doing in your life today? Do you have that fruit of the Spirit do you, do you understand the grace that God has given you? Do you have that joy in your heart every day? Because, folks, you can talk about the bad times, but if you've still got a bad attitude and you've got the wrong kind of actions in your life, it's hard to convince someone about the joy that you share with Jesus. Let's look at what the Scriptures say. 2 Timothy 1, 9-10 says this, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ. You know God's grace. Take a minute. Take a minute right now and remember what God has done for you, what God is doing for you, and how far you've come and how far you still have to go.
I was blessed. I was so blessed earlier this month uh, to hear uh, a testimony from Mike. I, I can tell you, it strengthened me and encouraged me. Mike, thank you for that. Because what did Mike say? He said, look what the Lord's doing today in my life. Look what he did last week. And I can't tell you how much that touched me. Because he understands God's grace. We've got to take a minute. We've got to remember God's grace every single day of our lives because we should be a living testimony. Not just the opportunity that we may have to tell someone here or there or a group, but we should be a living testimony with everything that we do. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 tells us, don't be ashamed is what it says. Now he has made all this plain to us. Oh, there we go. Oh, go back. It's 12, isn't it? <clears throat> verse 12. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. He is not ashamed, even though he's got to sit there in that cold, dark prison. Even though he's been beaten, he's been stoned, he's been hit with rods, he's been spit on, not only by the Jewish people that he would have thought of as brothers and sisters, but also by the Gentiles. But yet still, Paul is not ashamed. Know in who you believe. That's the number one thing, I think. When it comes to your testimony, when it comes to you sharing Jesus, know who Jesus is to you. And know that he's trustworthy. His promise, his grace. You can trust it. Then verse 13. Hold on uh, to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. What do we have with that? We've been empowered. We've been empowered with sound teaching, with faith, and with love. Think about that. That faith, that love, that sound teaching, straight from the Scripture, that's what you are going to really rely on when it comes to sharing your faith, when it comes to giving your testimony. <clears throat> Maybe you say, you know what, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't have as much sound teaching. That may be the case. Share that. Share that in your testimony and say, and that's why we got to keep growing. Or maybe you did have sound teaching. Maybe you never missed a day of Sunday school in your life and you've grown up in church since day one. But you know what you need to do still? Learn even more scripture. Sound teaching, it never, ever stops. And it's going to help us grow in faith, and it's going to help us grow in love, and it's going to help us to be able to stand confidently and courageously to share our testimony. 2 Timothy 1.14. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. When you share your testimony, do not use bad attitude. Do not use judgment. And do not, be, do not use condemnation. Guard the good. Guard that good deposit. And what is that? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we don't have that fruit of the Spirit while we are sharing our testimony and living our testimony every day, we don't have a good enough testimony. We've got to guard the good. Don't use bad attitude. Don't be judgmental. And don't be condemning. Instead, share what Jesus has done and share 
what Jesus is doing. Remember, it's a testimony, not a sermon. It's almost like a living, walking, breathing statement of faith. Be empowered by it. And remember this, we have godly resources. And those godly resources, we should absolutely use them for our testimony. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 is going to talk about some of those godly resources that we have. For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Now, folks, think about this for a second. I hope that these words aren't going in one ear and out the other. I, I believe the scripture's been clear. We're not going to be judgmental or condemning or have a bad attitude. Instead, we're going to use our sound teaching, our faith, and our love. We are going to be powerful because we have love and self-discipline. We cannot possibly give a good testimony unless we are doing our best to live that good testimony obediently every single day, recognizing the fact in great humility that we are still growing, that it is a process, and that our testimony is just as powerful whether we are a Christian for two weeks or 200 years. That's why Jesus is so awesome, because it's promise never changes. Here's a testimony for you that we'll end with. Not mine. Mark chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed, you might know him better as Legion, begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Think about that. He's wanting to go with him. Jesus says, no, go and tell. So the man started off to visit the ten towns, the Decapolis of that region, and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And what happened? Everyone was amazed at what he told them. Now, let me tell you something. This guy had a good testimony, didn't he? This is a guy who was demon-possessed. You know who else had a good testimony? The apostles, who were sitting right there with him when Jesus did that. But this guy, for sure, he's wanting to go and he's wanting to tell. Hey, I was the guy people knew as legion. I was demon-possessed. Let me go with you, Jesus. Jesus says, no, go and tell. Not just the people of this area. Go to all these ten cities. Tell them. Tell them what Jesus did for you. Tell them what Jesus is doing. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we ask right now that you will give us the courage that we need. Lord, we know that you're empowering us to testify, to tell others about you. Help us to be able to do that courageously and boldly. Lord, help us not to make it about ourselves, but instead to make it about you. But Lord, we know that we need to share of ourselves so that people can understand, that they can relate. Lord, help us all to recognize that we're sinners. And without you, we're lost. Because, Lord, we know when we recognize that and we accept that, it helps us to understand a little bit more our responsibility. Because there's so many others that are lost out there. Lord, we ask that you will help us to never hesitate and never be ashamed Never be timid when it comes to sharing you, when it comes to telling people about our Jesus. 
Lord, we know that he's your son, your only begotten son, but we know that you gave him to us as that sacrifice for our sins. Lord, thank you so very much for our salvation. That's why in your son, Jesus Christ, most awesome and precious name we now pray. Amen.